Hi, welcome to a brand new episode of Freewheeling Fridays. Uh, I am Karthik, a co-founder and partner at Java Capital, and I have Hargivi, who is also a co-founder and partner at Java Capital, joining us from uh, San Diego. Uh, I also happen to be in the U.S. I'm just visiting my family in the U.S., so I'm I'm here too. Today we will not have uh, we're not with us um, because we know he's traveling. Uh, he's uh, going to Kochi on some uh, official business, but I hope. Uh, we will also get to savor the local Malayalam cuisine, which he loves so much. <laughs> All right, so welcome, Margaret. Um, we have uh, quite a few topics to discuss this week, um, and uh, also a, a, a health warning. You know, Margaret has a little bit of cold. Uh, yeah, so, you know, so you, you see me you doing the sniffles. <laughs> Please excuse her and us, <laughs> um, and try to hold it back in, Margaret. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start with the burning topic of the week, right? It's uh, the final budget of uh, Modi government 2.0. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Can we start with that? Yes. Yes. For sure. I think. Um... Uh, it was a budget which was pretty much expected. I think uh, when we did the pre-budget session, I think we said that we can't expect anything ground-shaking now because they wouldn't want to rock the boat so much. Um, one thing that I didn't expect was any change in the income tax labs, and they have done that, which is very surprising, which is like a very populist measure, which I didn't expect. Uh, but otherwise, it was in lines with expectation um, i know there are a lot of people uh, there is a lot of noise from the startup and the um, uh, vc community that there is nothing uh, much done for us but i think um, we are still too tiny in the overall scheme of things in indian gdp right and uh, i don't expect anything that would have happened especially in this budget uh, right so i think that's not a surprise at least personally to me uh, Still, they have tried to do something, at least to give tax relief to startups, extend their uh, 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 tax credit the time and all that. Yeah. So I think those are at least good things. Um, and another thing which caught my attention is the special attention to the uh, uh, clean tech or uh, green and sustainability initiatives, right? I think it's and a very... Agri-tech. Yes, it's a very welcome thing that now it has become part of mainstream budget, which means it will start getting more attention in the coming years. And this is in line with uh, what India announced in the COP as well this year, uh, right? So I think that is good. So I'll be personally uh, interested to see what is the uh, uh, clean tech panel which they are talking about going to come. Um, what do they do more in this? Yeah, I think as we wait for the fine print to to come out, right? I think uh, you hit the nail on its head, uh, right? The budget is clearly in line with the goals of the government, which is uh, prioritizing uh, climate change. Um, and there are very uh, important milestones that the country has to hit by the end of 2030. So this is more or less in line with that vision uh, for this government. Uh, but broadly, you know, the budget is plain vanilla. There are no big bang uh, sort of uh, announcements uh, in this budget, which is sort of what we predicted too before the budget has gone out, right? Um, 
so if that is a good part, you know, that there are, um, um, you know, not, uh, uh, there are some uh, sort of uh, um, impetus that is being given to clean tech and agri-tech uh, in this country. I think for me, the bad part is that um, it's, it's not very, um, like you said, you know, it didn't focus a lot on the startup ecosystem as much as we had hoped. Uh, there were some of the uh, long pending issues like uh, treating the unlisted uh, equities on the same level as the listed ones, mm. uh, which hasn't happened. Um, you know, those are some of those uh, quirky things that we have been uh, nagging uh, the finance minister for quite some time, which hasn't happened. Surprisingly, these are some of the things that were discussed uh, in that panel with the, uh, uh, the government, you know, with, uh, with the VCs and the private equity community, right? Um, which, uh, although elicited, you know, good response from the uh, uh, from the officials there, you know, we finally did not make it into um, uh, the, the budget considerations, obviously. Yeah, uh, which I is think, a, a little um, bit strange, if you ask me. Tax consideration, especially, right, if I have to look at it from a finance um, governance point of view, uh, I think it's not going to be easy to modify something like that because private equity is also a great way to do all shady things uh, right so, yeah, uh -huh. so yeah. so it had differential higher tax uh, taxation to discourage some of those things so um, i think that way it is uh, and today for a startup to get recognized as a startup there is no check and balance or anything like that right you just apply and you mm -hmm. uh, get very less so i think maybe they will come up with more controls checks and balances and a better governance before they go and give sops for investing in startups for individuals yeah. so i think that that's how i look at it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh, i i don't think startup ecosystem is uh, that insignificant anymore you know if you look at the last five to six years you know almost 100 billion dollars of investment have gone into uh, startups right which is uh which is 20 percent of the budget you know our budget is only 550 billion dollars uh right so um no, but that is over five years right so over five years for sure yeah yeah, yeah. so um even if you average it out it's like 20 billion dollars a year uh which is significant you know i, I wish there's a little bit more um you know love shown towards this uh, <laughs> this ecosystem right yeah, that's um, why so, so for me, that's a higher um, tax uh, window <laughs> sort of right that's why in terms of the tax rate and also the angel tax where they have now removed foreign investment from it was an exclusion now they have included foreign investments also right i think it's all to do with money laundering gonna... and governance yeah, I was going to come to that. Uh, That's the ugly part for me from this budget, right? This angel tax is uh, is such a Trojan, you know. It always comes back with 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 a mask on top of it, right? It masquerades as something else, and you know, it it re-enters the conversations of the startup ecosystem and the VCs, right? For the unintended, uh, the angel tax is something that we really all fought against, and finally, you know, there was some um uh, mechanism that was created wherein uh, startups can um escape from uh, paying those uh, that angel tax as long as you know they're registered as uh, as a startup with the uh, 
with the DPIIT. That's the department, right? Um, yeah. And they get the startup and, India certificate then. Yeah, uh, and they have to take a CBDT approval or there is one more step too, which in right. India only 500 startups have got or something like that. So. Right, right. I think you know that is something that we always insist on, right? You know, every time we uh, invest in a startup, we, that's the first thing that we ask them. You know, it's like, have you registered uh, on the Startup India uh, portal? You know, and get the certification from them. Uh, but it's sad to see that resident investors, uh, you know, are uh, exempt. Uh, like you said, foreign investors are not included uh, in that. Uh, but it was modified, and now they uh, are brought into this uh, uh, umbrella. Uh, for angel tax, right? So we'll have to see if the same exceptions that apply for resident investors also apply for foreign investors, in which case, uh, you know, it's not that big of uh, of an issue. Um, but again, we're waiting for fine print on that. So see, overall, I think from an institutional investor point of view, anyway, institutions are exempt, right? If you raise capital yeah, from exactly. institutions, should not be a problem. Exactly. So I think it's going to be more pain when in terms of true angels investing startups raising capital from mm -hmm. angel individual investors. Um, so but for as a fund for us, I, I don't think uh, even for startups well, raising from the fund. For us, but, the, but the fear by the way is, uh, you know, would the, the tigers of the world, the soft banks of the world, you know, do they come under this? Uh, uh, they don't. The investments so coming from in, them. Institutions are exempt, so it's it's only angels. No, I think only AAFs are exempt. I don't think all institutions are exempt. It's broad. It says institutions. So okay. yeah, so that that is how it is. But but yeah, we have to see the fine print. Uh, it it just broadly mentions it doesn't um, count institutions. Uh -huh. If you raise capital from institutions, yeah, I mean this will be sad if uh, if you know funds and other institutions actually come under this uh, thing. Hopefully not, like you're saying. But if oh, they then do, then I think the uh, system is uh, like uh, dead, right? Because yeah, exactly, today right? growth capital comes mostly from outside India, right? From so I don't think they will be stupid enough to do those things. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, we've all been fighting against these companies flipping, right? You know, we want more and more companies to domicile in India and not flip and go to the US or Singapore and then get uh, domiciled there. Uh, so this will be a, a major setback uh, for companies to uh, stay back in, in the country uh, yeah, and yeah. maybe even incentivize them to uh, uh, register abroad, uh, which will be sad. Uh, if that happens. So let's wait and see. I think the, the, the jury is still out. We have to see the fine print and see what's uh, going to happen here. We'll have some clarifications hopefully on this um, and we'll go forward as opposed to going backwards. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all in all, you know, it's a mixed bag for me. You know, I was not very really super excited for this budget, um, which is to be expected anyway. All right. Um, Let's move on to the next topic, Bhargavi. Uh, uh, I know you've been tracking this uh, uh, very closely, uh, you know, with, with Microsoft's uh, um, acquisition of OpenAI, or at least the uh, intention to acquire uh, OpenAI. Um, and then, uh, you know, some other things happening in the ecosystem as far as AI is concerned. So is this uh, the return of AI? Yeah, and now people are saying, um... Uh, singularity will come in another uh, 10 years or less. 
so um, it it is more interesting and uh, uh, you see already the trend right uh, now uh, google has, is feeling the heat and mm-hmm. uh, so just today i think i read a news where uh, uh, sergi has come back and submitted a code in uh, code in ai after 3 years or 4 years uh, who is one of the co-founders of google um and now it's amazing uh, that you know that <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's in the news and uh, uh, two more companies have raised so there is a open ai competitor anthropic ai which has raised i think some 300 million dollars uh, in the last two weeks um, so because now everybody wants a, a piece of the pie and mm-hmm. interestingly so i see the trend coming to india and i was talking to a founder uh, who is building something in ai and he was like oh the vision is to uh, can we build a open ai kind of thing in the sector in where india. he is building yeah. in right mm-hmm. so now it's it's becoming again like uh, a wave where people want to jump on the wave and uh, leverage this and now man, so we saw probably last year uh, uh, climate tech and uh, what not uh, web3 and all of that got attention in the last 18 months now suddenly in the last 2 3 months it's been ai yeah yeah um you know i think we've uh, just passed the uh, edtech wave and then uh, the web3 wave uh, and now you know we're back with climate tech and uh, and and ai uh, yeah. hopefully ai is here to stay uh, this time i don't know whatever happened to vr ar yeah <laughs> so i think that is along with the web3 wave right so now there has yeah. to be a um, resurrection of web3 because we don't know what happened to all those things so i also try to follow what meta is doing because mm-hmm. uh, the next 10 years of meta is betting so big on metaverse yeah. uh, right yeah. and uh, so i think lot will depend on how meta uh, navigates this in the next 2 years because their results have been so bad they have been trashed now Uh, for their spend in metaverse especially and the future projection so i think maybe there is a, a effect on ar vr also because of the overall sentiments uh, but open ai gave a revival for the ai uh, sector so it will be interesting to see what happens in india indian companies and indian startups given this global phenomenon which is happening i i uh expect more pure ai companies to come and uh, start pitching more in india as well let's see yeah yeah um uh, we haven't really seen any uptick of uh, these ai uh, companies uh, applying to us yeah that, that's true see and also one pattern if we see uh, ai is a long game and you need uh, uh, deep pockets to fund it mm-hmm. um, yeah. so i think that is something which which is again a trend right and in india uh, if if you have to build pure play ai with a long view to get the data together you can't go and raise a small capital you have to probably go raise uh, more than a couple of million of millions of dollars even at a seed round so mm-hmm. um i think 
given the indian seed stage fundraise itself is still small uh, maybe yeah. we, we still don't see these big bang uh, investments uh, or companies uh, many companies that probably will come and pitch to a seed stage investors i think for us also the question will be is it going to be enough for you right if you raise just Correct. a million or two yeah very much so um i think uh, so this is uh, something that we are keeping an eye on obviously you know you're doing a fantastic job at looking at this space hopefully you know we'll see some interesting things happening uh, in india as well um once the uh, market uh, recovers right uh, speaking of market recovery right uh, arguably we're still in the midst of the uh doggone uh, uh funding winter um you know the it is actually very icy cold right i mean it's as, as bad as uh, a canadian winter if you if you will yeah. um which means it's also the season for companies to pivot uh you know companies to fold pivot do all sorts of things right um so what constitutes uh, an ethical pivot what can you call uh, a pivot versus uh, uh if you're if there is a company you know that is uh, switching the uh, the industry that's switching the uh, the market uh the switching the geography uh could you still call it a pivot is it is it right uh, see i think uh, different people might have different views uh my view is uh it's true at seed stage we bet on founders but it, we don't just bet only on founders right we bet on founder plus market founder plus a solution founder plus a vision so if if the vision is fundamentally changing for example somebody started working on marketing tech solution and then they decide hey uh, there is no space in entire marketing tech and i don't know what to build or i uh, it's not working out and i'm going to start building on uh, carbon monitoring software right i think that's not a pivot this is a different business that somebody is moving mm -hmm. on right so then in that scenario it's it's not uh, uh, right or uh, probably what let me tell what is probably right right if the founder especially is sitting on um, huge pile of capital i think it's always good for the company to have a conversation with the investors because especially when you're starting a new uh, business right because this is a new business in a new uh, area maybe it is yeah. always better to start with a clean slate uh, that's how i would look at it even if you are sitting on a good chunk of capital it's because let's say somebody has raised 10 crores a million dollar little more than a million and to make uh mistakes to make experiments on their old model let's say they have spent 3 4 crores or a half a million 50% of the capital raised so and then they decide hey it's not working out and i'm going to do start doing something else you may be sitting with half a million in your bank still but one maybe it is still very less to start experimentation in a completely new thing and second is as a founder you have already diluted uh, something in your old company to try and uh, build build something in in the industry right so why do you have to take that dilution baggage along with you when you are starting something afresh right so um, i would think that it's better to uh, 
shut down uh, do a clean start all right um, i think um, um, i lost you there for a second vargi uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's your view karthik no look i think i completely agree with you on that right um, it raises a bunch of uh, questions you know obviously i'm not as articulate as you vargi so I'm, i will not sugarcoat that uh if if the founder is sitting on a pile of cash um he's recently raised uh funds for a particular idea and for whatever reason you know he decided not to execute on this uh idea right i think the ethical thing for him to do is to give an exit to those investors who are no longer um interested um you know or who are not interested in the new direction of the company right and that's fair uh expectations uh, of the investors and from the investor point of view uh, it is to be uh, expected that there will be pivots uh, but what you call a pivot is also very important right there with so many changes uh, you know it's a different market let's just say you know you don't want to do uh, the startup in india anymore you want to do it in africa right so then obvious questions will be raised what do you know about the african market you know if you don't know anything about the african market if you have your own founding team raising questions uh, about the direction you know there's a bunch of different um uh, scenarios uh, that will come into play and uh, and naturally you know it's it's like uh, think of it as uh, the people losing faith uh, in a government so the government resigns and then goes for the election again right so that is the best analogy that i could give uh, for something like this um there are still investors you know who might be interested in the idea that the founder may want to pursue uh but the right thing to do is to dissolve the existing uh company uh liquidate it uh and then raise on the merit of the idea i think that's the uh, ethical thing uh for the founders to do um and for the investors i think they need to be obviously patient and uh, uh help the founder create the environment where uh, this exit is possible um and you know i think that is something that investors have to pursue uh because you know the more there is a clash between the investors and the founders you know it's, it's more difficult for the founders to execute on the new idea anyway uh so necessary conditions have to be created um in a peaceful manner so that there is a um at least some sort of a win-win situation right so i'm sure the investors won't be making any money in that uh, situation you know you're obviously taking a haircut uh but is it a, a 50% haircut or if it is a 100% haircut that's the only difference uh for the investors here right so that's that's my take on that uh vargavi uh, um and you know hopefully the founders uh, will keep this uh, in mind uh, as well you know uh, my sense is uh, any founder who's doing a startup he's not going to be just doing one startup right if you're successful even if you're failed uh, in in building the startup right you'll still be in the ecosystem people will still know you people will still want to back you even if you have failed for whatever reason right but they'll back you based on uh, the integrity uh, that you have showed yeah. uh, in handling uh, the the failure of that startup uh, so i think we should all think about this bigger picture not in isolation and then uh, see you know what kind of impact uh, it will have yeah yeah agree with you totally all right um i think uh, we'll do uh, a very quick prevailing uh, today right um as we are recording this again uh, yeah. this week we are not doing it live uh, 
there's one thing that has been burning inside of me uh which i have to bring up right uh, i know this uh, is uh, uh, you know being discussed uh, all across um but you know i think it's a, it's a it's a shame if we don't put our own two cents uh, <laughs> uh, on on this topic right what you, so uh, the, the topic obviously is uh, the uh, the a question right the adani question um is it too big to fail um uh, so this is interesting why i tell you uh, we discussed about uh, uh, the the conglomerates controlling indian economy Mm. Um, you know, a few yeah. feelings ago, right? Yes. So, it, it, you know, that if you listen to that uh, episode, I don't remember which episode it is, but we'll try to put it in the uh, description somewhere. It's almost, uh, it sounds like it's prescient, right? Um, you know, we said, look, these conglomerates better be doing right, you know, otherwise uh, this will have an impact on the entire uh, economy. <clears throat> um, is it, yeah, is it overblown, I, I or you think uh, there is genuine concern uh, that this will uh, not be uh, contagious? Uh, see, I I'm not going to uh, think that what is the uh, depth with which the uh, th there is something right, with, but uh, I believe that uh, it doesn't smoke if there is uh, no fire under no me. Fire. So, yes, yeah, so there is yeah. some. So not everything has been right. And uh, especially if a company has so many subsidiaries and so many shell companies, uh, in general, you are bound to find things, right? And to me, the biggest flag is the auditor. So, and if, if that is true that they don't have a reputed audit firm as their auditor and they have somebody small, that is a big governance flag because... Mm -hmm. uh, even with reputed big fours uh, auditing you, you you will not probably find or you can hide so many things. So yeah. if, if the auditor is not a reputed company, then it doubles the risk and the governance. So mm -hmm. definitely, if, if that is true, then there is definitely something underneath. The issue is not about just this one company, right? Because this is so huge. Uh, the entire market, the LIC's exposure, SBI's exposure, banks' debt, so many things bet on this, count on this, and so many retail investors would be affected because mm -hmm. uh, uh, because it's just so huge, right? Um, so I think the overall implication of this in the entire financial system and in the public markets in India, I think that is something which is more concerning because then whatever the Indian public markets weathered the Western winter because our Sensex didn't go so bad or the Nifty Correct. didn't drop, yeah. right? Uh, this could actually come and impact us. This could trigger the, that yes. uh, correction in the markets. Right. Interestingly, Bhargavi, you know, while I'm here, right, I'm also um, trying to see some of the coverage on this story in the US, right? Mm. Uh, they... I, I know some of these news organizations, they tend to paint it with a broad uh, brush. Uh, and they're saying, you know, look, uh, they're raising larger questions about governance of the country. Uh, do you have uh, faith in their markets? Do you have faith in the uh, uh, the regulatory uh, authorities? Uh, and so on and so forth. Um, so there's a little bit of uh, fear mongering going on um, in, the, in the Western media. 
uh, with this thing, right? Uh, but I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there are obvious red flags here. Uh, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, none of the mutual funds have uh, a lot of exposure to this stock, which in itself is strange, uh, right? Um, you know, uh, and and founders uh, um, holding seventy five percent or whatever maximum is allowed, right? You know, anything. Yes. Uh, you know. And, uh, and even in the private holding of twenty five percent, they are saying there is a lot of related yes. party holdings which is there. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of shell companies through Mauritius and uh, and other places holding uh, onto uh, um, onto the shares here, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope, I really, really hope that there will be some um, sense around it uh, and some sort of, uh, um, you, you know, defense uh, against this. And I hope it's just not, this is anti-India, right? Uh, yeah. I hope it's it's more than that. Um, and, you know, for our own country's sake, you know, because this, this decade is going to be like absolutely important for us in terms of the infra push. That the government wants to do um, and we can see everywhere that you know everything is uh, is, is a huge construction site around us uh, so we need strong companies you know who can actually spend and and build that infrastructure out uh, so that we can definitely go into the next uh, uh, level uh, right and be the third largest economy i hope this doesn't derail that path yeah all right. So on that note, Vardvi, uh, I don't think uh, we have anything else to discuss. Uh, we may have some announcement maybe next week uh, in terms of uh, uh, we're thinking about doing an international trip uh, to Dubai. You know, hopefully, you know, we can we'll get the dates finalized and then we will uh, give some more information about any uh, gathering that we may organize there. Uh, so watch out uh, for that uh, information on all our channels on LinkedIn, Twitter. You know, we'll put it out out there obviously as soon as we make uh, the decision and the dates get finalized. Um, all right, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. Uh, we will hopefully see you again next week.